Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can also like, share, subscribe, follow everyone involved, including Lakerholics.com, the Run the Floor Podcast, and the Lakers Fast Break, along with my shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It is truly appreciated. Well, kind of disappointing. I know a lot of people were looking forward to a coronation today, the culmination of a great year, great 12 months for the Los Angeles Lakers, but it wasn't meant to be. And I'll say it to you like this. As I was recording a show with Rafael Barlow for his great NBA Draft Junkies experience, I noticed on Twitter we got a comment from Carlos Ortega. Thank you, by the way, for listening to the show. But when the subject on our last episode came about as far as Danny Green, Laker Tom had him traded all over the place. And we proceeded to go ahead and pile on on Danny Green as far as his ineffectiveness so far the entire season, pretty much, as far as being that caliber player that we're paying 15, well, at least the Lakers are paying for $15 million a year, roughly, for his two-year contract. Well, he had an opportunity in the fourth quarter to go ahead and make up for all the stuff that Lakers have been talking about, Laker fans everywhere. He had a chance to go ahead and be in the clutch, get that done, and get everything going as far as all those people out of the way, all those naysayers, all those people that are talking so much trash on Danny Green himself. He did make one semi-clutch three-pointer in the fourth quarter and did a great job in doing so. But when it came ultimately down to it and LeBron gave him the pass for the win, ultimately it didn't come close. And to compound that, Markeith Morris made an errant throw that was nowhere near Anthony Davis. And it was those kind of plays down the stretch that cost the Lakers the game. And give all the credit to the Heat because he played masterful defense at times, plus they executed in their half-court offense better than Los Angeles Lakers, and they deserve the win. 111-108 to over the Los Angeles Lakers, putting the NBA Finals right now at three games to two. Still right in the range of what most of us said, because we did say it was going to end in six. But we'll go ahead with Mr. Positivity first, the guy who led us all down the overconfidence path 
He is the mastermind of Lakerholics.com. You got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. He is still my good friend, although I'm kind of angry he made us go ahead and start typing up articles on what it was meant to be after a great victory, championship, blah, blah, blah. He got us all into that celebration a little too early, but he's still my friend. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I will say this. Carlos Ortega did say at the very end, hashtag go Tom. Well, that was interesting. I think that's just because I happened to qualify my Danny Green trade thing by saying it was really because of his contract at $15 million is kind of essential to match up with any other player. But Gerald, thank you for giving me the first first opportunity. I think this is the first time I've ever been, been first. Usually it's, you lead me to the very end. Well, I'd say I usually to, for the special slot, but you, you know, know and then, then Raphael and, and Jamie and Sean all pick up the low-hanging fruit, and I'm left trying to figure out what to say. Oh, and you say um, it, though, 10 minutes later. You say it. That's, like, well, that's right there. But go I'm ahead, my kidding. friend. You got it. You I'm got just it. kidding. No, yeah, listen, kudos to the uh, Heat. I thought we could have won that game very easily, obviously, and uh, we'll just have to come back Sunday and see if we can take care of them. It was a strange game. You know, I took a brief look at the stats for the game. Each team made 38 baskets. Each team made 14 three-point shots. Each team shot beautifully from the free throw line. The Lakers were were uh, 18 of 21, I think, and the Heat were 21 of 22. They made three more free throws, and that was the difference in the game. We Which won, I told you. you know, I told you the free throws would be an issue at some point in <laughs> time. We listen. I can't complain about how the Lakers did the free throws. I can't complain about the refereeing. I think that I think what won the game really was the miracle shots that the Heat kept making at the right at the buzzer. You know, before the twenty-four hour, the twenty-four second clock went off. Um, I also am just totally pissed at Frank Vogel for wasting all of those minutes with Dwight Howard in there, who played absolutely terribly. That was just really wasted time. It, it just. It doesn't show up in the plus minus. I mean, if you want to go down and look at it, I think Danny Green ended up with the best plus minus on the team. That he did. Um, and I, you know, and I, I'm not one of the detractors that hates plus minus because I do think it does measure all of those little things, screens and tips and and hockey passes and all of those things that really count, good defensive plays uh, that don't show up in the stats normally. But um, man, I wish the I wish that I wish that. They had drawn that play up for Kenny to be the guy setting that screen. Um, he's the guy that I would have trusted making that shot, not Danny Green. Um, but at any rate, uh, on to Sunday. And uh, congratulations to the Lakers and Six crowd. Hopefully, we don't have to we don't have to reach out and for the Lakers and Seven crowd. That would be but, Raphael. Yes, that would be Raphael. At any rate really was heartbreaking about this for me was LeBron James had locked up the MVP of the finals uh, with that 40 point performance and, and, you know, 15 out of 20 or whatever it was. And that's the thing. Do you really want to play LeBron James in a game seven? Well, we won't get to that, Sean. It's going to be in game six on Sunday, but uh, you know, Hey, hats off, hats off to the heat. They played better than, better than I expected. I think they played better than most of the prognosticators expected. We'll see if they played better than the rest of the Lakerholics uh, 
podcast team, the Lakers Fast Break podcast team thinks when we get to the game on Sunday. But ah, the ones that got away. The ones you know? that got away indeed. Also, uh, at least at least we didn't have, you know, balloons in the rafters that didn't get to get released and champagne in the dressing room that we didn't get to pop open. I was kind of wondering whether you had something special planned for the parade, uh, Gerald, and, you know, what we were going to do. But now you've got till Sunday to figure that all out, and, and we should have something. We need to have our party hats ready and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a blessing that, that we just weren't ready we weren't ready really to celebrate, you know? Stop that so overconfidence. It. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Are you really worried? Like Sean said, do you want to go up against LeBron in the game seven? You know, what might have cost us the game was Anthony Davis getting hurt for that period of time. And that's yeah. what I mean. He played 40, they only played 42 minutes. Jimmy played 47. And they that, only played seven guys. And that's what hey, I he mean. He played more minutes from, than LeBron. Yeah. He played yeah. more minutes than LeBron. This, well, yeah. Basically the same, but yeah. Right. Well, I'll tell you. 42. Well, I'll tell you what. It was very concerning, and for Sunday, it is going to be very concerning because there was an injury, a, a re-injury of the heel contusion that he suffered during the course of the playoffs, and that would be Anthony Davis. And yeah, we'll he go- switched out a lot. He switched out a lot in the second half. You know, they 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 he didn't fight through those screens uh, the way that he did in the first half and the way that he did in in Game Four. So that made a difference. And he wasn't the tiger on the boards that he was, you know, in those games. Absolutely. But we'll see, you know. Absolutely. We'll be ready. We'll Ho- be ready. Hopefully we will be ready for Sunday. And here today to talk about the game as well, including our hopes for AD's health coming forward, is one of the blog editors for Lakerholics.com. You've got to be part of the conversation and check out what he writes up there for Lakerholics.com. He is the madman from Toronto, our historian, it is Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grice. And Sean, on the level of concern, especially coming off a tough loss like this, great game, though. I guess I would just say it's a great game basketball-wise if you're a purist. But I'm a Lakers purist, so I think the game sucked. But be that as it may, it was still a great game to watch for a basketball purist. But you've got to be concerned going into Sunday with the health and status of AD. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gerald, on a level of concern, I got to be honest, I try and be realist, but with this aggravation, I'm, I'm at about a six. I think it's a I'm about an eight myself. Yeah, you're about an eight. I think, I think Judy's the best in the game and I think she'll have him ready to go for Sunday. I think he just needs a, a lot more treatment, just a lot more treatment with that injury. Well, I hope that's the case, but before I go ahead and head it over to Raphael, I wanted to ask you this. What do you think was the key stat that jumps out at you when it comes to what you saw from today's box score? Yeah, you know what? It's it's ironic what Tom said there. A lot of it was even, Steven. Like, um, hard to differentiate there. If I had to pick out one thing, I'd have to agree with Tom. It was just, it was Dwight's ineffectiveness while he was out there. He was, he was not the same attacking uh, Dwight that we've seen. And, you know, when he's passive and he's not um, either assertive or, or, or trying to feel the game out, 
has no range for us. I mean, it, it's difficult to play with a, a space eater like that when it's not effective. That's true. Uh, but hopefully there'll be another change involved coming up for Game 6. And also here today is my good friend, a guy whose show I will be appearing on in the not-too-distant future. you got to check out what he's doing today at NBA Draft Junkies. It is the premier place to go for everything NBA Draft. It is NBA Draft Junkies, along with his great podcast, NBA Draft Junkies, and the Run the Floor podcasts. It is my good friend and also fellow host on my NBA, on our NBA podcast coverage throughout the playoffs. It is Raphael Barlow. And Raphael, I want to hear your assessment. You always give such a great analysis straight down the middle because as a Blazers fan, definitely it's the best way to look at it because you're an outsider looking in. What stuck out to you to most in, in tonight's game? Well, for me personally, I'm not stressed after this game. So that's the good thing about being a Blazers fan. <laughs> it's been over for me for a little over a month now. So um, that, that's a good place to be in. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that um, I mean the game could have went either way Jimmy Butler ended up being the best player down the stretch he made all the key free throws um, Miami their, their supporting players played well and I think this was a demoralizing loss for the Lakers I, mean, I think mentally they had it won um, mentally, they were probably preparing to go home. Did you see the video on Sports Center of them before the game playing like football? Yeah, no. And uh, yeah, it was like, I mean, LeBron was the quarterback and doing football passes. And yeah, I mean, they looked like they. I mean, I, to be honest with you, they were like a lot of the fans. They thought Miami was gonna not necessarily lay down, but they just thought that. You know, this was the today that they were going to win the championship, and it. You know, you're flirting with danger, especially with AD being so brittle. I mean, it's like every single game he, you think like, oh my gosh, is this is this it? Is this the the big one? And three minutes later, he's fine. Like I honestly thought, like, oh my gosh, he he just tore his Achilles. That's what I thought. It was too. a non-contact I injury. He's on his back. <laughs> then but it was a contact indus- uh, injury because he did kick his, uh, what, Duncan Robinson's kneecap? Yeah. I mean, at first, I, it didn't seem like it was a, a contact, but it was until, like, what, after? Four, three, yeah. yeah, that we saw it. But then again, it's like, man, how, how, either you have to be, like, really, really have a low tolerance of pain because there's no way that looked like it should have hurt the way, you know, he was, he was hurt, but... But then again, he's done it almost every game, bounces back, and then he looks fine. I thought he still played well coming back. He he had more rebounds than he did in some of the other games in, in this series. So I thought that he, he definitely toughed it out and played well. But now the the key is how is it going to be on, on Sunday? Absolutely. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. How is it going to be on Sunday? But we'll see. And also here today to talk about what's going on. 15 minutes in is a good man indeed. He is the man behind so many great articles of five, in this case, not so great things that are coming up in the not too distant future that you will see at Lakerholics.com. It is Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, we had talked back and forth with Laker Tom on the Lakers bench. 
about how it is so much better or how the heat bench is so much better and this and that. Well, today, the heat bench was substantially better. Kendrick Nunn played sensational. And the Lakers, you can see it right there with Kyle Kuzma, minus 17, and Rajon Rondo, minus 13. They didn't get it done today. Thanks, Gerald. I totally agree. Uh, I was at Laker that Tom stat. doesn't. He's already shaking his head now. Well, I mean, he, I, he had exactly the same number of points, just like the, just like the two point, just like the field goals, and just like but the, the three. argument you're making is that one man, Kendrick Nunn, scored 14 points, and That's four right. dudes on the Lakers scored 14 points. So yeah. four guys yeah. have to outplay one guy. No, you're you're 14. no, it's four guys playing to the same <laughs> level as one guy. Uh, and How many shots did Kendrick up. Nunn take? How many shots did those four players take? There you go. Kendrick Nunn, the same can, well, the, the big I difference was they were one for 11 from three, our bench was. And Kendrick Nunn was six for 11 all by himself, two for four for three. Okay. The point is, it's, it's not – the Heat bench has always had more firepower. And if Dragic comes back, that's only going to be more true. And the Laker bench has to play them to even, which they did. But then you get when you get nothing from Danny Green – uh, Danny Green and KCP have to show up to some degree. Um, KCP that just did today. He did pretty good. Uh, you know, he didn't. He didn't have a great KCP game. He had a good KCP game. Shot a lot to get his points. Had 15 shots, 16 points, um, three for eight from three. You know, a good KCP game, not great. Uh, and you can't. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis's aggressiveness was certainly affected by the the the. The uh, Injury. soccer injuries. Yeah. Well, the soccer injuries. I think <laughs> I think Raphael has a good point. You know, he does have a little bit of uh, of soccer in him, where you know you, you kind of somebody explodes to the floor, and a few minutes later they're running back to uh, knock a goal in. So uh, yeah, I, I, there's a little bit of that I think in this game. But Are you saying you give him a yellow card? No. <laughs> I kind of wish there was something like that in the NBA. The anti-flopping fine rule I think is supposed to be kind of like that, but it's just so rarely enforced. Uh, well, KCP would be getting one. He would be getting one for that. <laughs> that that uh, that was laughable. Yeah, I mean the Lakers just just they played tough, but the, uh, they just didn't have the right. All game long, it felt like a problem. All game long, it felt like it was harder than they wanted it to be, harder than they expected it to be, too hard. And it's the NBA Finals. I don't care who's on the other team. Like it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's not going to be easy. It's not a coronation. It's a competition, and to treat it otherwise is kind of disrespectful in a lot of ways. I, I you don't crown king till the coronation has happened. You don't you don't do things till they happen, uh, or or I try not to. So I I called it in six. I now I'm just hopeful that it stays six. Uh, if we go to a game seven, this is going to be a big problem for the Lakers because. The Heat have younger guys that are better than our younger guys. They got Duncan Robinson. Looks like he can run another forty-eight games. Shaking uh, his head again. Uh, uh, yeah, he can. He's just, everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's one of the great things about uh, opinions. We all got one. Hashtag go Tom. <laughs> and I, you know, I, uh, you know, same as in the Boston series. Boston was the more talented team over Miami. Miami was tougher. The Lakers are by far the more talented team for two games. Miami has been tougher. So it's going to come down to willpower more than talent. And that's a more even competition, I think, than a lot of people want to admit. I agree with you on that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where 
here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, it's a Game 5 wrap-up. Unfortunately, the Lakers did not get it done. We head to Sunday. I know, Sean, you want to say something about what went on in the series, especially is today's game. Go ahead, my friend. It's 3-2. to two. Lakers still up, but I'm getting kind of nervous. Like I said, I'm an 8 on the nervous scale right now. I'm an 8 with you, Gerald. I'm an 8 with you. Yeah, I'm more, of a, I'm more at a 6 right now. It's not, it's not DEFCON 1 yet. It's it's DEFCON 3. I don't know what that... Uh, oh, he's at 3. He's at a 3 level for nervousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Raphael's anyway. just like, what's going on with the Blazers? There you go. Right. <laughs> he's anyway, he's at a negative 2. I, 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 Gerald, I just want to say, when I love Alex Caruso and the pick-and-roll action, especially with him and LeBron, especially when he's got the ball. Very effective just, today. Yeah, but he just kills me when he... Running into the lane, he doesn't think about, you know, putting up a little runner or a floater. Gets a lot of charges. Just, yeah. If he Gets just a lot of charges. Little wrinkle to his game. Floater. It's there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's and it would be like what Raphael was saying. Like, if if he was a good pick and roll uh, guard and he also had that little runner floater, you could see some value in him. You, you could uh, could ascribe some value to him game you got two-thirds of it down when it comes to caruso on the pick and roll you just got to get that one third taken care of and that comes with time and experience and unfortunately the lakers don't have that time and experience right now they need it i mean he could just go ahead you could see on those charges that he just goes ahead and just stops for an eight footer yep. he's yep. got it every single time but Ron for a pull-up jump shot in the lane but yeah he, goes, he tries to take it to the hole every time. Absolutely, and that's probably the problem. You see I'm that a, a lot. I'm a huge Caruso fan. I love Caruso, but yeah. No, so, he, do, he, so do I, but that just kills me. No, it's, it's, it's maddening. It's such an <laughs> underrated shot, that little either floater, because a floater, you're still off balance. You could You are still primed to possibly getting an offensive foul, but if you just stop, shoot yeah, an yeah. eight-foot jumper right there in the lane, right before you, you know, right past the free-throw line, you could get that every time, and they'll let you lay off the hook, and that's still a high-percentage shot. And he could average like eight to ten points off the bench, roughly. You know, yeah. maybe six to maybe six to eight. Let's not give him too much credit. Maybe four to six. But he's good for one. He's good to three for a three pointer every four games. Come on. But Rafael, my background yeah. as a trainer, guys that are usually really athletic like that never have to work on that shot because they want to to dunk. And so right. Caruso has always been athletic, and so he's never really had to work on that. In, well, right. he's ne- he probably never has worked on that in-between shot. Where you look at Tyler Hero, who's only 20, who's not nearly as athletic, but he already has that shot in his arsenal. Right. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of shots in his arsenal. Yep. <laughs> he's got yeah, a lot no, of shots. Yeah, no, no, but, but Raphael is right. He's already added that ring game. Like, he's smart enough to know when he gets in there. 
fast enough, he's quick enough, he can get the shot off. He might have had the yep. best floater of the the year in game uh, in game three when he <laughs> lofted that four hundred foot shot over Anthony <laughs> Davis right. that just kept going up into the sky. You were like, "What? What?" Moon, moon <laughs> oh my! We yeah, just right. we discussed a lot of the issues with the Lakers. Rafael, I want you to go ahead real quick if you can provide us some insight on Jimmy Butler and what makes him so effective and how is he just really just basically slicing up the Lakers each and every time out. On one hand, I feel he is. Obviously, the stat sheet says he is, but I also feel like there's so many possessions where he picks up his dribble when they deny the uh, the dribble handoff, and he gets stuck. And I don't know why the Lakers aren't really blitzing that once he picks up his his dribble. But he's a he likes the mid range shot. I know uh, Daryl Morey is probably rethinking his strategy about why he is so anti mid range because. That shot was there tonight, and even Kendrick Nunn was hitting a few of those mid-range pull-ups. And Butler is just he's, – he's able to get to his spots. And even with Anthony Davis guarding him, he still had he still had a pretty good game. You just have to be – I guess you just can't really attack AD like that. You just have to be patient and somehow be aggressive and pick your spots, but at the same time not be too aggressive. It, it's a weird combination that he was able to master tonight. Uh, but I think Miami, you know, they, they have to feel confident. They have to feel confident. It's doubtful that they'll get that type of performance from Duncan Robinson again, but Bam didn't have a good game. I think he only had like 13 points and four rebounds. I mean, he missed the dunk. <laughs> that could have been easy. He missed, missed several easy bunnies. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but Butler looks – he looks exhausted, like in the fourth quarter. Even though, like he picked it up today, he had some some baskets in the fourth. I think that was pure adrenaline, knowing that if you don't make those shots, you're going home. But early in the fourth quarter, he looked like he didn't have any legs. Could that be an mm-hmm. issue for them going forward? Because they're going to have to go back. Like two days from now, we're going to be back on, and we're going to have a game again. And this could be an issue if they're going to go ahead and play him another forty forty five plus minutes. Yeah, I mean they have to. Funny story. Yeah. I was um I was talking to I forgot who it was. It was it was an NBA player, and he was talking about LeBron last year. He says, "Man, last year was the first time I heard LeBron breathing heavy in the game." <laughs> so he says that he's never tired. He's always, you know, uh, he just always seems like he he's in good shape. And then Jimmy was exhausted, and I know he, you know, LeBron played like maybe six minutes less, five or six minutes less. But LeBron looks like he could have still played another game if they would have had a doubleheader. I just don't know if Jimmy would be able to play another 46, 47 minutes, score 40 points for two more games. Because it seems to have one game where he's really on and one where he's really not quite the superstar that that he was. I mean, obviously we saw that with the previous game where he Mm -hmm. was, was pretty good, but he wasn't at that elite level. Today, he was back to the elite level. So if you're looking at that constant superstar status, he may not be able to provide you enough energy to do so each and every game. But he has to. He has to. He has to. There's no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I feel no, like I'm, I'm in still... class always with you. I don't know why. <laughs> no, no. I just. I, I, I'm, I hear you. No I, worries, like, man. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, Gerald, it, it seems like with Jimmy as a, a superstar, he needs that balance of, of pace and 
like you said, um, energy. If they're not balanced, game seems to be in balance. Like I, I never, I've never seen that with say a Kobe or an MJ or a LeBron. It just, it just seems like their their motor is just going all the time, but their body isn't slowing down either. But with Jimmy, on the other hand, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that um, uh, they often say practice makes perfect, right? It depends on whether you're practicing right or practicing wrong. Now, LeBron conditions himself a certain way. Everyone knows his, his workout routine. Yeah. With Miami, it's it's very intense. It's almost militaristic, the, the way they um, – run up and down the court and, and reach conditioning. It, it's, it's almost a, a di- like it is a discipline if you want to play for them. Well, I'll tell you what right now, I think when I'm going to talk to Laker Tom next on this, I know you guys are going to always brush me off on this, but I, I said when Kendrick Nunn was scoring a lot of points that maybe Frank should throw a different look. I thought he should put Quinn Cook into the game just for even five minutes just to give it a shot. He's got quickness. He can hit a three. Mind you, he plays awful defense, but on a fast guy, a speedy guy like Kendrick Nunn, you couldn't do any worse. Just give it a shot and see what happens. But Laker Tom, I can already see you're shaking your head. And I know what changes you want to make, starting with Dwight Howard, who you now have the same vitriol for, vitriol for the same as JaVale McGee. I think you would want those no, two guys. I heard about the, the comments about Kendrick Nunn because – he was dynamite early in the game because of who was guarding him. But when they put AC in the game, AC pretty much shut him down most of the rest of the game. You know, he made it, he made, he made his points early and AC is able to stay in front of guys like that. Uh, so I, I thought that I, was I think important. Russell Westbrook would probably disagree with you on that, but okay. Well, you know, I mean, nuns, nuns, those, those quick, you know, he reminds me of Isaiah Thomas, those quick little left-handers that just shift around and they're, they're hell to guard. That was the kind of guy I hated to guard because, you know, he's going to give you two or three or four jab steps each, each time he's got the ball and, and you, you end up being off balance, you know, and then bang, he's by you. Um, but I think that uh, there's something about the Dwight Howard situation that's very interesting to me. Um, and it really comes to the ability to be able to defend when they switch on you. And Dwight was getting killed by three-point shots, basically, or by guys driving by him. Um, and well, I actually think everything was okay until LeBron went out of the game. Once LeBron yeah, went out of the that, game and Dwight Howard was still in there, that's when Miami went on his first run. Well, uh, but the whole, the uh, whole problem, the whole problem that, that it strikes to me is that it brings up the whole issue of, what are the Lakers going to do at the center position moving forward? Because if you think that Dwight Howard has trouble on the perimeter, Boogie Cousins is going to really have trouble on the perimeter. This is true. But again, you're going to have to find ways around it. Frank Bogles, I wrote an article for Lakerholics.com a couple of days ago about how Frank Vogel has really embraced small ball and the percentage that he's played 75%, 75% of the game in the finals have been small ball. Um, and it's really made Marquis Morris very valuable. And it's, it's basically taken minutes completely away from the traditional centers. And the problem with the traditional centers 
in Frank's mind is not so much that they don't spread the floor, which is what almost everybody else looks at why you play small ball. Um, you, you're either trying to get force somebody out of the game or force the teams to take their defender out so that you can attack the basket. But what Frank gets out of it is what he found out in the Rocket series. He gets faster rotations. He gets ability to double team, ability to challenge those shots on the outside and speed to challenge shots at the rim. And so it's it's going to be interesting to see. I, you know, I've, I've always felt that Boogie was the logical next step for the Lakers, but that's because I was really looking at it offensively. And I think when we come down to it, we're going to see that Vogel's going to be looking at it defensively. And I'm not so sure even that the Lakers are going to pursue Dwight very heavily uh, simply because of the nature of the game. Um, I think that you want to have somebody who can, you, know, you need somebody next to Anthony Davis who's, who can basically play pretty similar to Anthony Davis. Now, Marky Morris is not bad. He's not a bad defender. I mean, that, that play, for example, that Jimmy Butler hung in the air and got that layup on him, that was outstanding defense. And Morris has played real low defense, and he's, he's ranked very high on the Lakers for his defensive efficiency. So I just think that it's it's kind of interesting that what we're seeing in the evolution of how Frank Vogel has been looking at the defense could have some impact on where we go and what kinds of players and what we prioritize next year in free agency and in trades. One thing I want to ask you before we go ahead and head on out, and that is we'll come back full circle. We'll come back full circle on this, and that is Danny Green. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, I'm I, sorry to apologies to Mr. Ortega let me, on Twitter. Let me, this, but... let me say this much about Danny Green. The, to a certain extent, he's being maligned a lot right now because he missed that shot. And had he made that shot, the whole attitude would have been different. So to true. a certain extent, you know, you, you can't criticize the guy for that. And Vogel, I, I, I like the pulse that Frank has taken on the team and the moves that he's made. Um, I do think that the next game better start Marquise Morris and start not Dwight Howard. But when you look at the when you look at the plus minus and you look at the net ratings, which are two which are two sort of team oriented ratings that a player gets for how he fits on the team, what the team does when he's on the floor, how the team plays when they're on the floor. Do we outscore the other team? Do we play good defense? Do we do we get more points than they get points? Which is really the whole purpose of the game of basketball. That's who scores the most points. Not who scores the least points, who scores the most points. And those are both two measures that really measure that. And Danny Green still comes up there in the top two or three on the team. So I don't I don't buy this whole this whole idea that he's worthless. He's a $15 million contract, and those $15 million contracts are essential trading pieces. You have to have those if you want to go after a Giannis or if you want to even go after a Paul George or something like that. And who knows? Maybe the next game Danny Greed could be the hero. Now, I said definitely I would have rather had Kenny take that shot because I think he's he's by far our best our best three-point shooter on the team, and, and I think he's as clutch as anybody on the team. Um, as clutch as anybody on the team for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but Danny uh, Green is not a clutch client. Yeah. 
And I noticed I noticed you said he's valuable because he's a trade asset, not because he's right. a valuable piece of the core of the Lakers. I noticed well, because, that. What are you gonna do? You, you get twenty two million five for for KCP, three million for Kuzma. Who are you gonna do? The problem with those guys is that you're not gonna get anybody back that's that's really going to be a star quality. So you need somebody like I mean, next next up is KCP at eight million, but we know he's a clutch client, as well as the clutch shooter. So those are two reasons not to trade him. But Danny Green, if you want to make a deal for anybody out there that you want to, a Christian Wood, uh, a, a Miles Turner, uh, Oladipo, any of these guys that that might want to say, hey, I want to come to the Lakers and I'm going to use my leverage to to make a deal with you because I'm not going to accept the MLA. I need more than that, so it's going to have to be a sign and trade. You need to have somebody with, and the only guy we got is Danny Green. He's our only trade asset, our most so valuable like trade him. asset, and he's an expiring contract. Sounds like you're stuck with him. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't. Think, I disagree with you completely, there, Raphael. The I'm dude, not taking you know, on Danny Green's contract. Right. He'll be traded. I'd just rather He'll rebuild. Traded. He'll be traded. Right. You can put enough assets with him that he will not be a detriment to the deal. He's an essential element in the deal. Did we mention that the amnesty clause may be back in play at some point in time? Could not, be. Not, not as quick as you want it because there's still one more year left on the MLE. Oh, but you would want it for JaVale McGee. One more year That's left right. on the CBA. You would want it for JaVale McGee. But we, I need, need no, I but McGee's another case. What are you going to get for JaVale? $4.2 million? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Dan's $15 million. It's, not right. the dollars. it's not the dollars that people trade for. What? <laughs> Uh, it is if you're trying to get rid of a big contract, you know. Well, you let's, get, let's close this thing out. Let's close this thing out. Ball on the Lakers? No. All right, all right, all right, all right. I, I would take him for sure. All I right. think there are better options than him. I, I would. He would have a huge impact. Calm on down, Lakers. Laker Tom. Calm down. I'm going to have to meet you like they should have done in the debates with the, with the candidates. But <laughs> I want to ask you this. Let's just go ahead, quick, round by round, snap, snap, snap. Let's go through it real quick. What do the Lakers need? Uh, what do the Lakers need to do to get things done in Game Six? Laker Tom, I'll start with you first. Better defense. They scored 111 points on us. That's the start. You Jamie, need to stop. You need to keep them under 100. What you got? Don't and don't don't allow don't allow Jimmy to switch. <laughs> don't take the four switches. That's real quick. Okay. Go ahead, Jamie. Uh, be healthy. AD's got to be healthy. Uh, he's got to be healthy and aggressive, and uh, they got to show up with energy. Raphael? I hope AD's ankle doesn't swell up or heal or, or whatever it is. And, um, yeah, and not play Dwight. I mean, I think you got to give him the JaVale McGee treatment and tell him he's done. He's done for the series. Magic yep. man. I should have said that, Raphael. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Magic Man. Sorry, keep you waiting. Yeah, no, that's all right, Gerald. I, I'm I'm gonna say, uh, I believe AD does come back with uh, a vengeance. I, I predicted the Lakers in Game Six. I believe AD has a forty uh, twenty game. Well, there you go. <laughs> that would be great. We didn't even talk about if Dragic comes back. Yeah, that's although that I would think be he'd be a liability though. Yeah, they're they're gonna hunt him out. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, for, but whose foot is in worse shape? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I remember, I remember a certain team 
that played him really aggressively eh, about two years ago, December, cracked a couple of his ribs. Yeah. He finished with 41 of 13. I rather I told you they could bring him off yeah, and pull, yeah, pull, pull Willis Reed. They could pull a Willis Reed on us in Game Six. Get bring out the wheelchair. <laughs> bring out the wheelchair. Well, that's a put him in there, have him limp around and make four or five baskets, and then go to the bench. Oh, whose that's foot is going to end here, up being worse? Here's another thing. One last thing, Gerald. Here's really what the problem was in this game. We played from behind the entire game. Exactly. And when you play from behind, it just eats. It just sucks that energy out of you. And, and the Heat did a great job at every time we brought up within a two points or three points or got that one point lead. Every single time they responded. And six those, point were the key miss, those were as big a key misses as That's Danny brutal. Green. Two, you know, two four point plays. Four point. Yeah. So 14 points on three plays. And, and I mean, the refs, right? Over the course of the game. And, and Kyle still jumps up, complains. I know. No, no, yeah. Yeah, but then he, he, had a, he had a bad game. He had a bad game. He needs to bounce back. The, really the Lakers as a whole need to bounce back, but yeah, we'll one see. for 11 on threes from the bench. I mean, when LeBron's going, what, six for nine or whatever he made from three? Again, it comes down so to an inconsistent effort? bench. It comes down to an inconsistent oh, bench. You, you know, you're, t- you're saying that they're, they're the best things in sliced bread. Uh, we're saying oh, that, they're, that they're better than the heat bench. Yeah, well, unfortunately. Heat bench is two people. Yeah. <laughs> and it sure got the job done today. Two guys versus five. Well, you know. It's like Rambo. You're, you're, you're saying like he's only one man, but he's, he's killing all your guys. Having five guys who can play on the bench, four guys on the bench versus two is a big advantage. Well, that's the thing. If one of those guys has a better game, this is a different story, and we're all we had four guys who had a bad game on the bench. Exactly. All of well, Miami had uh, only one guy on the bench score a basket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he scored a bunch of them. Who was somebody got zero on their bench? Who was that? Uh, Iguodala played Iguodala. 19 minutes, but he didn't he did score. Anything. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot pass. He what, he took two two shots, three, two. Which, well, surprisingly, two. on that last possession, I'm surprised Duncan Robinson was Iguodala even in on defense. Yeah, I think he was. Yes, yes he, he was. was. No, so, no, Duncan Robinson was on the floor. So I guess none was. I know he switched guys. in at some point in time of that last minute, but yeah. then he must have gotten switched out. I think they took him out during our timeout because I remember specifically Van Gundy saying that this is why I would have Iguodala in as a trigger man, but then okay. it wasn't yeah. necessary because Marcus Morris just threw the ball to nobody. So. I'm surprised they didn't play Kelly Olenek at all. That was that's. Uh, uh, I'm not. That's oh, why they're. Yeah. He's been shooting well, so. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Be that as it may, they get the victory, 111-108. It's three games to two, still in the Lakers' favor. And we'll be back Sunday, hopefully very jubilant, hopefully less arguing. Hopefully less testiness. Bring your party hats. Bring your whistles. 
It did, bring okay. your bells and whistles and your party hats and I'll bring my banjo. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm not going to do anything uh, right now because I'm, like I said, I've, I've it's, it's, fell it's into that right overconfidence in of pit of Laker Tom. And you know what? Unfortunately, it came out on the other side and it didn't Pieces come out. And things all, like it, that don't happen, Gerald. It it's, didn't it's, smell like roses coming out on the other side. That's all man. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, man. I'm just going to go ahead and close this out by going ahead and saying thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. But before we end on out, everybody here has got something to offer at both Lakerholics.com and NBA Draft Junkies. And while Raphael continues to laugh at all of us Laker fans here, <laughs> I can just see it. That's part of the fun is watching his response. He's like, I love his responses. He's just awesome. I sleep well tonight. The stress for me was over after you guys eliminated my blazers. I just took my blood pressure and it's fine. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> That's that's good. I'm, I'm glad I to hear that. I didn't, and it's bad. But, oh well. You don't have a, a cat scan nearby, do you? you no, but I, as I said, I'm going to have to have a shoulder replacement. So there you go. That's. Uh, but we wish you well on that when that happens. So what happens when you shoot too much, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to the Lakers bench. Totally. But I'll tell you what. It's still a lot of stuff that we're doing. Danny Green needs a shoulder replacement. That's yeah. a problem. <laughs> He but, needs the confidence of Laker fans. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I think <laughs> just the confidence. He, yeah. well, yeah. The anti Lake the anti Danny Green fans have taken him down a notch in this playoffs. I feel like he's one of those guys that suffers. I feel like he's one of those guys that suffers from no crowd. Because all he can do is read the stuff that we write. You know? No, he, he I hope he doesn't have a phone. I have a stat that I want to read to you. I just saw it. Danny Green in the 2013 NBA Finals versus LeBron, 55.1% from three. Danny Green in the 2020 Finals as LeBron's teammate, 25.8% from three. Bad choice by Frank not to have Kenny set that screen. Or Caruso. Or anybody. Anybody. Kenny's the guy who should have said it. The ball guy. Kenny or Morris. JaVale McGee. There you go. <laughs> you hit a couple threes during the season. Yes, there you go. But before what are, we hit, what are the so Jamie, what are the odds on Dwight starting? <laughs> I would say zero. You think so? I hope so. I would say zero. I would. I will be very surprised. The only way I would see it happening is maybe if Drogic gets back, because that's going to force the Heat to start in a more traditional posture. But they have to take him out when they go small. That was a, that was a terrible blunder. I, you know what? I don't yeah. I don't see Dragic coming back because no, I, I don't think so. I don't either. I, but if I, they do, if he does, I, yeah. I remember when Powell suffered the same injury. I was watching that game when they played Brooklyn, and he was out four weeks. Like that. Yeah. That, that yeah. really is. All of those planter type injuries are hell on you. Let's head on out, guys. Magic Man, I know you're working on some stuff. Hopefully not some championship victory stuff right now. Please, let's put off that to the side. Let's put that on the shelf until they actually win the championship series. But I know you're working on some other things. Don't get sucked in by Laker Tom stuff like that. Come on, let's go ahead and, and talk about it. Bring your party hat, babe. Oh. Bring your party hat. Your oh. Here we go again. Magic Man, what you got cooking at Lakerholics.com? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? This this whole final series from the bench perspective has been, you know, one game, they can show up, and the next game, it's like we're in Mudville. AC struck <laughs> out again. 
We're, we're in so, Mudville. That's for sure. Yeah, well, like like we've got a Mudville bench right now, and the bench really needs to bring it home for Game Six and help out here. What, like we said, one from eleven from deep is unacceptable. Look, if it's not going in the first couple times, try run some more action. Try and get something easier at the basket. That's what we're good at. We drive, we get into the lane, we attack the rim. That's what we need to get back to our bread and butter. Yeah, you never take you never take the last shot more than two feet from the rim. That's always been my rule. Jamie, what you got cooking at with your five great things at Lakerholics.com? And please don't say one of them is something that's already coronating the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh no, you know me. I've got a house full, hundred uh, percent full of practicality. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm neither optimistic nor despondent. Uh, I just think that uh, he played better. Like, there's no need to be all crying in the milk and kicking the side of the door. You know, it's fine. The, the Heat had a tough, tough, great game. I mean, they've shown that when Jimmy Butler has a Nova superstar night, they're a hard team to beat. Uh, and so I, th- I feel good about our chances. I mean, again, I said all along, if the, the Laker bench plays even, we're going to have a shot. We had a shot. We, we lost by three. Could have won it if, you know, we had a better play with a uh, possession game. Yeah, no, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a tight game all the way down. So I feel good about Sunday. It's a little annoying that we lost the game after two days of rest, but I think overall that favors the Lakers going on because we've paid, played fewer games and we have a larger rotation. We play a lot more guys in our rotation. than So our, the guys who do play are going to be a little less tired. That's, that's my hope anyway. We lost probably because China was watching. Come on. <laughs> they're going to be watching all the way out. So, Well, and maybe it'll help the ratings. Yep, that's exactly why it happened. No crying yeah. in the milk, huh, Jamie? Is that right? No crying in the milk. But I like chocolate milk. I really like it. I have a gallon right there in my fridge. I like so it. Does, uh, so does uh, Clay Thompson. He swears by it. There you go. But he's paid a lot more to do so. But Laker Tom, before we end out, it is Lakerholics.com. And, of course, you'll see everything that Magic Man's got. You'll see everything that's got that Jamie Sweet's got. And I know you've got... Everything that everybody here on the screen has got. Yeah, that's true. 15,000 articles are in the making from you at Lakerholics.com and also your medium.com site. So I want to hear what you've got planned for the next couple days because I see when it's posted. And shame on you. you got to update those things on the, on the splash board a lot sooner. Like, you know, what can we do to stop the heat and win in game six? Now, that's a good title well, there for you. I don't know. I don't usually do those kind of previews because – they don't, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think, I, you know, I spend most of my time working on the celebratory things. Uh, so I'll have to go back Gee. to the drawing board for what I'm going to do tomorrow. Who would I've have got thought? Like articles that are lined up to go after that, you know, so we'll see. Um, Jamie, will, Jamie will keep us all practically, you know, framed and so forth and foundation. <laughs> all right, fair try. enough, fair enough. I know he'll come up with something. You can check it out at Lakerholics.com. I will write something. I will write something because I got two days now. I've wrote something. I've written an article for the last seven days in a row. Trust me, I know you will. But before we head on out, we got to talk some great things going on at NBA Draft Junkies. My friend, my comrade, my colleague, my just just excellent, excellent fellow host for NBA playoffs coverage, and my friend. Mr. Rafael Barlow, I want to go ahead and turn it over to you. What have you got planned for everybody out there? I know you just dropped a video 
within the past 24 hours. What do you have planned for two in the past 24 hours? So what you got cooking right now at NBA Draft Junkies? Well, by the time this podcast airs, I'll have a a mock draft video with uh, Gerald Glassford from the Lakers Fast Break. He came on and he he gave his um, his mock draft, of the lottery version. And then I have another video on a player named Henry Drill. He's from Estonia, and I think that he is a possible second round draft pick. But for the next week or so, I'll just focus on some international players that I think could be drafting stash guys or second round picks and then I'll, I'll i'll finish out for the next month on the rest of the american prospects in the 2020 NBA draft plus you have a big board talk with Dion sherman as i see as well yes i put that out i think yesterday yeah i think yesterday i put out two videos well there you go i mean he always does a great time as far as his interviews with prospective people out there that have their thoughts on what big boards or whatever mock drafts that they have. I was truly honored to be a part of that, and I'm hoping it will go ahead and be a big part of what's coming up at NBA Draft Junkies. But for myself, before we head on out, I want to let you know that I dropped another PCC Multiverse on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, wherever you get your podcasts, and also 35 stations worldwide on radio. We talked a lot about, the, again, more movies being changed all over the place, but could possibly the movie Free Guy end up being the biggest hit of 2020. We talk about that coming up. Also, I have an interview with the Las Vegas Review, Review Journal's own Lucas Egan as we call, as we talk esports and video games. So I really was looking forward to that interview, and you'll hear it on this weekend's ECC Multiverse, now available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, guys, game six. We're going to see each other's faces again. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But let's hope on Sunday night it's a good thing. Laker Tom, I will put a party hat on. It's going to be a Lakers hat because I got a lot of those. And hopefully I will be going ahead and doing that and being in such celebratory fashion. And I hope you guys will be too. And I hope everyone out there that's watching and listening to us out there will do the same. As we're looking forward to hopefully a game six win for the Lakers coming up this Sunday. And we'll follow that game right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.